is your girl Sada Star coming to you with another episode of A Day in the Life of the Alpha Woman, the official podcast of the Easy Breezy Life Community. Before I jump into today's topic, if this is your first time joining us, the Easy Breezy Life is a community of alpha women, renaissance women out here doing great things to the glory of God and learning how to love, live an abundant, healthy, and successful life together. I am your founder, CEO of the Easy Breezy Life, and I'm an alpha woman just like you, trying to figure it out every single day, how I can learn, live, love, and walk like Christ. So we're going to take a quick break, and then I'll be back with this week's topic. Want to know how I save tons of money on a Caribbean vacation while earning cash back? It's easy. The answer is Rakuten. Sign up online today using the link in our episode notes so you can start saving and earning cash back on your favorite online stores. So as I mentioned, this season, we are solely Focusing on love. I'm not bringing any more guests on because I do really feel like this season is about me focusing on my inner work so that I can be prepared mentally, emotionally, spiritually for what God is preparing for me. If you ever felt like you're in one of those seasons where you're just kind of like on the runway and pressure is high. It's kind of like a rocket right before it takes off, right? Um, The pressure is hot. It's burning. But it takes all of that pressure and inertia for the rocket to take off. And so that is how I feel. Um, God is dealing with me in this season. And also, y'all, I keep waiting for things to slow down and be peaceful. And I and I'm just realizing that it's never going to happen. It's like, this is it. This is called full-blown adulting. Full-blown adulting in your 30s is one thing after another. Um, even if it's you do the things that are within your control, things coming in that are out of your control. And I just want to say that right now, my heart and my prayers go out to every single one of you and every single member of your community as we tackle this coronavirus outbreak I want to encourage everyone to stay prayed up on Psalm 91, but to also remember to use wisdom in this season. Um, For example, for me and my household, because we have a child with complex medical needs, I'm just not going out anymore. Like we're just done. I mean, I might go out here and there if I need like something urgent, but I just kind of went and did a whole haul to think of what we could possibly need um, out there that can be inside my home so that I don't have to go out at all. And I encourage you to do that. I also encourage you to protect your peace. Like, oh my goodness, my husband loves watching the news so much, but I tell you, just that news playing in my home makes me tense. And so every once in a while, I have to tell him, like, either put on headphones or go watch it somewhere else because the truth of the matter is tracking Every single minute by minute development is only going to feed your fear, not your faith. So these times are times just like in the Bible when God told his people to close the door and let death pass over are times to just like, again, retreat, 
be with the ones you love forgive who you need to forgive because you don't really you really don't know tomorrow and so um I encourage everybody to just put aside whatever they have at this moment because um I think we are going to need community to get through and to recover from what is transpiring in the United States and the world at the moment yeah we definitely are going to have to be better together after this all right So today I want to focus on love being kind. I first of all just want to say that I would never ever describe myself as like gentle or kind. Like when I read what love is and if you listen to A Better Way to Love with my sister last season. Let's just say that like exercising kindness is not something that we did regularly in our home. If you want honesty, you're going to get the honesty, but it will not be seasoned. And so uh, as God continues to work on me and to say, there are some things on you and, and in you that I didn't put in you and on you that I didn't call you to be that I need you to put down. I am learning to yield and to be obedient and to be submissive because I'm understanding more and more every single day that God's commands for my life always have always lead me to life. And even when it doesn't. Um, God is going to use it for his glory. So yeah, it's a trust walk, right? Learning kindness for me is a trust walk. If you could believe that, particularly when um, being as a child, one of the areas that I struggled with the most was being vindictive. (laughs) My older sister would tell me that I was very certifiable, right? She's like, somebody would do something to you and you would just take it to 10. It's like bringing a gun to a knife fight every single time. And I don't really know where I got that from. I think probably being a middle child made me very protective by my own, my space, right? So I'm a middle girl of eight children. Woo! And let me just tell you, there's, there was never, ever a quiet moment. And so when you're an introvert growing up in that environment, your fantasy is to be alone. Your fantasy is for people to leave you alone. Um... And so I just want to say introverts united out there, I feel your pain. And sometimes people don't understand what it actually means to be an introvert, which is we get our energy from being by ourselves and being in peace and quiet. And when you are living the easy breezy life like I am, where you have so many commitments, it's hard to find those moments of quiet, um, which means you have to carve out intentional time to be with you and God alone. So let's talk about kindness. So I went through the Bible and I was like, okay, we got to break it down. Because I feel like every every week we got to break it down and really understand what the word means, what it looks like, um, what it looks like in the Bible, who exemplifies kindness in the Bible, what does not exemplify kindness, and what are the rewards and the consequences of either being kind or unkind. Okay. So, according to the dictionary from Oxford, the quality of being friendly, generous, and considerate and warm is kindness. And to be unkind is essentially the opposite of that, right? Of being inconsiderate and having harsh behavior. Now, 
when I look at those two definitions, I see that in some aspects of my life, in some arenas, in some circumstances, I'm able to be very kind. And others, I am not. And there are some times that I believe that you got to hit folks with the unkind. And I give you an example. So if you are experiencing a particular challenge in an interpersonal relationship, let's say, for example, um, you might be dealing with abuse, right? So I grew up in an environment where domestic violence and emotional mental abuse were present. At some point, you're going to have to turn around and put your foot down, right? Because if you don't turn around and say, hey, this is the line, you're crossing a line and make that clear, then a person will continue to violate your boundaries. And there are different ways that we have to let people know when they violated a boundary. That might be to A, terminate the relationship, B, create distance, C, you know, kindly tell the person that until they figure something out, these are the boundaries and limitations of how you choose to engage with them. But the truth of the matter is, thankfully, we live in the United States where people have the right to self-determination and you can let folk know at which point it has gone too far. So when I talk about kindness today, I want to tell you that I want you to be kind and still stay sucker free. Stay sucker free out here, sis, because people will take your kindness and abuse it. And then when you hit them with the unkind, talk about the love of Jesus. Now, Jesus does expect you to love, right? That's what I'm learning. He's like, listen, I expect you to be kind to wicked people, to unkind people, to people who talk about you, to people who gossip about you, to people who um tear you down. I expect you to be kind to even those people and to leave vengeance for me. And so in this season of my life, I am learning to leave a vengeance to God. I have to say that I have experienced God's justice in the past where someone may have done something to me and the Lord instructed me to do something and that allowed him to move on my behalf. And let me tell you, each time I've yielded, the reward of yielding has far outweighed even the offense to begin with. And so, but what I think is interesting is each time God is calling you to level up, that potential offense gets more and more difficult, right? Because again, how do you build up that muscle if God is not allowing life's experiences and trials and tribulations to shape you? So if you are going through an experience where you are feeling challenged by God to restrain or you feel like you're being taken advantage of and you're not exactly sure if it's a Christ-like thing to set boundaries, you know that our that our priority here on the Easy Breezy Life is boundaries, boundaries. I love them. They're saving my life. God's word, his boundaries, boundaries in my personal life are liberating me to the glory of God every single, every single day. Sorry, that was a little preachy, but y'all already know what y'all get when y'all tune in. So what does God expect from us in the arena of kindness? And every scripture that I'm going to read today is the ESV version. So you can look that up on your Bible app, version. That's my favorite Bible app because they have like 20 versions on there and reading plans and you can share with your friends and you can put your prayer list on there. That's a plug. They ain't paying me for that, but it's just a good app. Get that. Philippians 2.1 says, so if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the spirit, any affection and sympathy, 
Complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from rivalry or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also the interests of others. Have this in mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. Let's break it down. So, that means that God expects us to be affectionate, to have sympathy, to be of a single mind and to be the way that to see people the way God expects us to see them, which is the way he sees them. So I remember being highly offended with a particular person. And then God saying, every time you close your eyes and see that person's face, I want you to say, God is madly in love with X person. And so I'm madly in love with X person. And I was like, that's wild. That's wild. Jesus, I'm still on the potter's bill. You're going to have to love that person all by yourself. But that is truly what God expects us to do. And so sometimes we're asking God to enlarge our territory and he turns around by giving us tests and trials to enlarge our capacity to love. We now become upset. But in this scripture, what I'm seeing is that, hey, you want more from the kingdom of heaven? I need you to expect more of your to expect more of yourself, to love others more, to, to look for their interests. Right. So you got to have public interest, the general goodwill of others in your heart and your mind. So the challenging part, right, when I talk about boundaries is people think that boundaries is about selfishness. But no, boundaries is really about guarding your life and heart so that you can pour out to others from a very pure and open space. And so because we all have weaknesses, because we all have blind spots, what you learn is where your blind spots are and you create boundaries with folks who trigger those things so that you don't end up wasting your energy having arguments that ain't got no um, impact on your end game. You know, you know, so just like fruitless arguments that ain't going to add anything to your life or pockets. Yeah, that's why you create boundaries because you want your love game strong. But sometimes that block game got to be stronger so you can keep on loving. So God expects us to look for the interests of others and building boundaries does not mean that we no longer look after their interests. Right. In fact, he still wants you to love them, still wants you to check up on them. But he wants you to guard, put a little shield when it comes into an arena of their personality or of their character um, that might trigger you in ways that will have a negative result and cause you to sin. So the next piece is Romans 15 1. We who are strong have an obligation to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. <laughs> Each of us is neighbor for his good to build him up. Mm. Okay. So let's say you decide to support a friend in a particular way. And that particular friend seems unappreciative and unsupportive and does not acknowledge the way in which you supported them right or does not reciprocate it and sometimes they don't even have the ability to reciprocate it i am learning that as children of the most high god an alpha woman if you're an alpha woman let me just say that this means that you have like multiple talents in multiple arenas right like this podcast is dedicated to a particular kind of woman i'm not saying that everyone can benefit from it what i'm saying is is this podcast is dedicated to the five talent woman you got a lot going on you you know what you're doing is prospering but the truth of the matter is most of the people in your life are taking from you more than they're giving to you so it is very hard for you to make friends with people who are equals who are able to support you in the way that you support them so that's why you're here 
That's why you're listening. But the truth of the matter is, is that's not going to change in your life. That most times, great the greater the blessing, the greater the responsibility, but also the greater the reward. But that also means that you're going to encounter more people in your life who really cannot pour into you the way that you are pouring into them. So then you looking around like, Dag, is there help in the wilderness for a sister like me? Yes, your help comes from the Lord. And so you have to ask God for that help, not people. Ask God for that help so that you can continue to pour and love on others. Because if it's too much depletion and not enough pouring back, eventually you get hurt, you get bitter, and you start acting out in ways and you're like, how did I get here? It's because you're spending too much time with people who are taking from your cup and not enough time to be with people who are pouring in. And so where I am is there are some relationships in my life that I can never pour into because these are my mentors. They've gone so far ahead of me that other than honor them, there really isn't much that I can give them, right? I just understand that. And they see me as maybe a younger sister or a mentor, and they support me in that capacity. But they never really expect me to give them um, what they're giving me because I, 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 I just don't have it to give. The second group of people are people who might be where I am, right? So these are our iron sharpening iron. They have a strength in a particular area. I have a strength in a particular area. Maybe one day I'm calling them to get advice about um, how to address a particular area at work, how to address a business partner. And the next day they're calling me how how to address an interpersonal relationship, a boundary issue that they're having. This is a give and take. We're giving. We're giving to one another, so on and so forth. Um, And then there are some people who... I'm just going to be the giver. And I should not expect anything in return. But really what the Bible is telling us is that we should be that with everyone. But also understand that as we are being like that with everyone, some people are being like that for us, right? Because God doesn't give you a mandate and then doesn't supply someone to also replenish into your life. Okay? So what else does he expect? Matthew seven twelve tells us that. So whatever you wish that others would do to you, do also to them for this is the law and the prophets. I want to remind everyone that Jesus said that he did not come to wipe away the law, but came to fulfill it, right? And so, no, we're not going to go to the book of Leviticus and start looking at a scripture about shrimp and tattoos and weaves. But what he is saying is that if the greatest commandment is love and God is expecting us to love others the way we want him to love us, that means that if I want God to forgive me, no matter how ratchet or how how much I cut up or how much I clap back at people, when somebody does something to me, I also need to be able to let it go. You get that? So this journey is not about you becoming perfect. It's about you understanding that you need a savior. It's about you understanding that you're obtaining mercy, just like everybody else is obtaining mercy. And so when they cut up and do something to you, you show mercy. And as you show mercy, you are receiving it. This is the law of the principle of reaping, sowing, giving, taking, the golden rule, whatever people want to call it, karma. I don't believe in that because if I really got everything that I deserved, I would not be here right now. And I sure hope I don't get everything. Thing I actually deserve because Jesus took it on the cross. So what else does God expect about kindness? Above all, keep loving one another earnestly since love covers a multitude of sins. Oh child, love never quits. And you know what's hard about doing this podcast? I lie to you not. I, you know, in the Bible, Paul talks about having a thorn and God not taking it away. When your gift is the gift of gab, when your gift is speaking and life and death are in the power of the tongue, 
you have to become very disciplined with how you talk. And so I am learning to become very disciplined with my speech because it is, especially when, when God is trying to work on you, you're going to walk through a lot of these things, right? So for me, I really spent this last week learning, like, what does it mean to cover a multitude of sins? What does it mean for love to never quit? It just means not quitting on the people who God has assigned to your life, right? And so anybody in your family is really God's assignment. That love might look different. It might have different boundaries and and, and distances. But at the end of the day, loving one another sincerely, right? Earnestly just means sincerely in real life, in word and deed, is God's expectation of us. Next, how does God expect us to love our enemies? Luke 6.35 says, But love your enemies and do good. Lend expecting nothing in return and your reward will be great and you will be sons of the most high for he is kind to the ungrateful and the evil. So God was kind to us when we were yet sinners and children of the devil. Right. That's that's the Bible says that they listen. At one point you were so ratchet out here doing a dirty wine in the club and God was still loving on you. At some point, you were running around in these streets being a fool with it, and God was still in love with you. At some point, you were an angry and so disrespectful, and God was still checking for you. So what does that mean that he expects us to still check for other people in that way? Because he loves even the most ratchet, which is really a a spin on the word ratchet. Did y'all know that? I learned that last year. Ratchet is wretched, y'all. So next time you sing Amazing Grace, say he saved a ratchet like me. Back to what I was saying. He really does expect us to be kind to everyone, even those who are ungrateful and some and straight up evil. Just just wrong. Oh, I don't want to go into what I learned about that this year. What else does he expect? Micah 6 8. Oh, man, what is good and what does the Lord require of you but to do justice, to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God. So seek justice, love mercy, walk humbly with your God. Loving mercy means loving kindness. It means showing kindness to the good, the bad, the indifferent. Those like us, those not like us. Those who love Jesus, those who don't love Jesus. Um, those who believe in him and those who don't believe in him. The atheist, the agnostic, everyone, everyone, everyone. For all of my evangelical protesters who'd like to talk about how God hates certain people. Just just remember that. Galatians 6, 2. Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Kindness is bearing one another's burdens. is saying, hey, you got a problem, I got a problem. But you know, a lot of times the answer to our problem is in one another's hands. Like I have found a lot of times when God has a sign for me to support and love someone, at some point that person has become an answer to my problem. Not everybody, but a lot of times. I can't tell you how many people I've met who were down on their luck that when the season shifted and I was the one down on my luck, God used them as an anchor to hold me up. You just don't lose from being kind. You win, 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 no matter what. So finally, in First Peter, it says, all of you have a unity of mind, sympathy, brotherly love, a tender heart, a humble mind. Do not repay evil for evil or reveling for reveling. But on the contrary, bless for this you were called that you might obtain a blessing. Oh, 
Oh, now we get into the rewards. What are the rewards of kindness? Number one, Proverbs 21, 21 says, whoever pursues righteousness and kindness will find life, righteousness and honor. Okay. Number one, let's, let's break that down. We are the righteousness of Christ through Jesus, but we also need to pursue righteousness as his kingdom, right? And every other thing will be added unto us. So if God is expecting us to pursue righteousness, his kingdom, and you're asking God for you to be blessed, maybe the blocking to your blessing is in your ability to be kind to others and your enemies. Maybe the secret to your blessing is to pursue his righteousness, which is meaning pursuing God's righteousness to me just means I want to believe what you believe about this thing. So, no, I'm not going to come up with my own definition of when I think it's okay to lie or when I think it's okay to be shady or when I think it's okay to be a clapback queen. I want to believe what God believes about that particular topic. And the way that I find out what God believes on it is by going on my little Internet and Googling. What does the Bible say about being shady? What does the Bible say about being nice? What does the Bible say about lying? Because the way that you renew your mind is by feeding on what God says about that said thing. A lot of times we are making compromises for character traits in ourselves that we might like about ourselves, that people have taught us we need to do, to be good in business, to be good and savvy at work. Um, But we are not using God's definition. And then we're turning around and we're praying to him and asking him to bless us. And he's like, I want to bless you. If you could just understand that you need a savior in this part of your life. So we read the word of God to illuminate our understanding, our eyes and our ears as to what God expects and how he sees this particular area of our life. And once we get an agreement with him, and I want to say, Getting in agreement with him doesn't mean that you're going to do it 100% perfect all the time. It just means that now you know when you do it, you need to repent, right? Because the Christian life is a life of constant repentance anyway. So getting in agreement with the word of God means that I believe what God believes about this particular topic or area of my life. And I'm pursuing that righteousness and also being kind. And now blessings are going to start chasing me down. What else does the Bible teach us about kindness? Psalm 112.5 tells us that it is well with the man who deals generously and lends, who conducts his affairs with justice. You know, we just going to have to look up what justice means also because a lot of injustice sometimes in these streets. And sometimes it's my desire for justice that gets me in trouble because I be thinking I'm captain of the Justice League when really God is saying leave justice to him. A concern for justice is a concern for peace and a genuine respect for people. Genuine respect for people. Not fake respect, not fake humility, not, oh, I'm going to curtsy when I see you and then when you leave, I'm going to talk about you behind your back. It is a sincere respect for people. And sometimes people are just so rude. So rude. And people sometimes think that because they're nice in someone's face and then rude behind their back and like and like making comments behind their back that they're respectful. Like, no, God sees you. God sees you. And that little attitude might be blocking up some stuff for you. But what I'm learning is that it's none of my business to worry about what those people do or what they think. I was listening to a conversation the other day about T.D. Jake saying that he's never met a rich gossip in his whole life. That something's always out of whack. So, you know. 
it all it all like God says, treat others the way you want to be treated. It all has a ripple effect. So that is um, important for us to note. The next thing is Luke 12, 33, 34 says, sell your possessions and give to the needy. Provide for yourselves with money bags that do not grow old with a treasure in heaven that does not fail where no thief approaches and no moth destroys for where your treasure is there will your heart be also so here we're seeing that in giving we are setting ourselves up to be immensely wealthy now i'm not talking about giving because somebody is manipulating you ain't talking about the family member that's manipulating you asking for for money every single week um, and going to squander it, okay? I am talking about giving to those who are sincerely in need and doing that as you are led by God to do so and understanding that um, when you give to God, <laughs> you can never outgive him. He's gonna give it back to you, pressed down, shaken together, overrunning into the full. But I think a lot of times where we go wrong, kind of tying back to that Psalm 112 scripture is we're really kind and giving, but we don't like justice. We don't like to respect people. We don't want to operate in integrity in our business. And I've come to the realization that a little laven, a little laven, and where I am asking God to address my life is, Lord, anywhere where my life is a little off, where there's a little compromise, I need you to step on it. Anywhere in my life where um, I am there, I've allowed a fox to spoil my vine. Okay, let's talk about that, right? Because it's the little foxes that spoil the vine. If he is the vine, you are the branches and you're going to bear fruit. And it's the little things in your life that you freeze to change. Like you want to lie in your taxes, right? Or you want to not claim your full income. Um, you want to, to, to write a contract in a way that cheats the other person. Um, you don't want to acknowledge when you do something wrong in a business arrangement or in a personal or interpersonal relationship. And you think you're smart for not admitting that thing or by lying to yourself and lying to others. The Lord sees you. God sees you. There is nothing hidden under the sun. And if you call yourself a child of God and regularly engage in unjust or unintegrous business practices, and you are not repentant, you are not trying to make it right, right? Um, his love for you requires him to correct you. But there is also a reward if you choose to do it with justice and do it with integrity. And again, God is looking at your heart posture. Mistakes are part of the process, but you need to get up and try and do it as rightly as you know how. The next thing is, what are the consequences for being unkind? child these consequences were enough for me so as you know i'm always talking about on my instagram stories about being a cutoff queen well let's talk about who the ultimate king of the cutoff is because jesus <laughs> he is the king of kings and lord of lords romans eleven twenty two says know then when kindness and the severity of god right he says note that god has kindness but he's also serious right like they're serious severity towards those who have fallen but god's kindness to you provided you continue in his kindness otherwise you too will be cut off so in here is saying 
I want you to look at God and look at all the ways he's been good in your life and good in the life of others. But I also want you to look and look at how dead serious he's been for people who have been wicked. And he says, you will get the same thing. Yeah, he loves you. He is so glad you have accepted Christ. Oh my goodness, you're coming to heaven. Praise God. You want to come to heaven because salvation, that's great. And then you're intentionally unkind. You're going to get cut off. So that tells me that if I'm a cutoff queen, that I might get cut off too, right? Because cutting folk off is coming from an unkind place. It's not coming from bearing their weaknesses. It's not coming from bearing their burdens. When I choose to be a cutoff queen from anyone who God has not told me to cut off, I am choosing to be unkind. And again, forfeiting my blessings. I ain't ready to forfeit my blessings for anybody. Now, don't get it twisted. It don't mean you can't get cut off because there are some people who God says, this friendship is over. I want you to move on from them. So when I get a nudge in my spirit that a friendship is over or friendship is not good for me, or God gives me a discerning spirit to say, you can be friendly to this person, but they are not your friend. And don't you ever forget it. Hey, because a lot of us are coworkers in in God's vineyards, but that don't mean we all friends. And if you've been in the church longer than five days, then you know that. Well, maybe not five days, but maybe more than a year. Because, you know, it takes a while for people to start being real. What else does uh, the Bible tell us about the consequences of being unkind? It says a soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. So <laughs> this one, this one, this one really got into my soul, right? Because I just be telling people whatever I want, however I want to say it. And it basically says that if I choose to talk to people harshly, I'm stirring up anger and I'm causing other people to stumble, right? And so I'm offending other people. And if the Bible says, woe to him to who the offense comes, then um, God is patient, right? He's going to wait for me. He's going to nudge me on this particular area. But ultimately, um, there's a consequence for choosing to be that way. The next thing is Proverbs 12, 16 says the vexation of a fool is known at once but the prudent ignores an insult so in a former life maybe like a year ago i was someone when somebody did something to me immediately i would tell them to their face this is what you did you're getting on my nerves and move on right um but then all of a sudden i felt the holy spirit telling me like no you're gonna hold back are you kidding and i'm like this holding back is so fake and phony i'm like people need to know when they cross the line And again, I always felt the Holy Spirit, like you're going to hold back. You're going to hold back. You're going to hold back. Why? Because God was trying to save me from being a fool. God was trying to save me from looking like a fool in these streets. And I didn't know that until I came across the scripture. So the (laughs) downside of letting your vexation know every time somebody offends you is, yes, use a fool with it. Heaven is recording you as a fool. I'm not saying that. That's what the Bible says. Just letting you know. Pick a team. Pick a team. The next thing is Proverbs 17 tells us the beginning of strife is like letting out water. So quit before the quarrel breaks out. A wise man once told me don't argue with fools because people from a distance can't tell who was who. That's a Jay-Z line. I know people say that he's Illuminati, but that line from the blueprint. That says it all. Why are you arguing? Let people be right. Two plus two is nine. Go ahead, girl. That two plus two is nine. The Lord be with you. Now what? It's not worth it. 
allow people to believe whatever truth they want to believe about you, about your life, about themselves, and you believe on what God has told you to believe. Because the people who want you to believe what they are believing can't bless you anyway. They can't give you salvation anyway. They can't give you the blessings of the Lord anyway. So why does it matter what they think? I'm just kind of putting it out there just like that. Why does it matter to get them on your side? Must you win every argument? No. I'm learning to let people think whatever they want. Oh, that's what you think? Thanks for your feedback. Bye. Because <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> that feedback don't pay bills here. All right. So the next thing that I want to talk about is really why kindness is so important um, for us overall and just examples of people who were really kind in the Bible. And I think I'm just going to share one example because I've been talking long enough of King David showing kindness to Jonathan's house. So I'm going to try to read this because, you know, the names in this next scripture are serious names, y'all. It's These are serious names. So bear with me and forgive a sister for not knowing how to pronounce them. Second Samuel chapter nine, verse one through 13 says, and David said, is there anyone still left in the house of Saul that I may show him kindness for Jonathan's sake? Jonathan was his homeboy, ride or die. Saul was making up plots and David was sounding like, listen, this is what my dad about to do next. Run, go here, do that, do this, do that. So Jonathan in some ways saved um, David's life. And David's like, listen, I'm king, but I'm going to ride for Jonathan, even if Jonathan's not here. Now there was a servant of the house of Saul who was named Ziba and they called to him. They called him to David and King David said to him, are you Ziba? And he said, I am your servant. And the king said, is there not still someone of the house of Saul that I may be able to show kindness of God to him? Ziba said to them, there is a son of Jonathan. He is crippled in his feet. The, then he said to him, where is he? And Ziba said to the king, he is in the house of Machir, the son of Amiel at Lodabar. I hope I pronounced that right. Then King David sent and brought him from the house of Machir, the son of Emil at Lodabar, and gave him a place at his table. That is kindness. That is like saying, oh my goodness, you know, because your father was so kind to me, I will be good to you forever. Right? That person has sown so much into my life that I'm, I'm going to be kind um, to his bloodline to show them the goodness of God like David received when he was going up in caves and pretending to be a fool. Just, just too much. Going through too much. All he wanted to be was a shepherd boy slaying lions, tigers, and bears. And God said he was going to make him king. And then all of a sudden he gets a target on his back. He was living his best life in those woods with the sheep. <laughs> Anyhow, I say that to say that I think King David is a really good example of a flawed human being who still knew how to show kindness, right? He made a lot of mistakes. But God said he was a man after his own heart. And I believe, alpha woman, that you are a woman, or if you're an alpha male listening, that you are a man after God's own heart, no matter how imperfect you are. Because the one thing that God desires from us is just sincerity. He just want to know you know you a mess. And he can work with that. He can work with the person who knows they a mess. Because that is sincerity. So be sincere 
Do your best to be kind, seek justice, love mercy, walk humbly with your God. And we will be back next week with the next episode of our kindness. Oh, I mean, our love series.